everybody, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat, and today I am joined by a very special guest. I want to introduce you all to my friend Ash Mills of Ritual Healing. Ash is an intuitive tattoo artist, certified yoga teacher, and really advocate for sharing your story your story and promoting vulnerability. So welcome to the show, Ash. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just so excited for our community to hear all about your work and your gifts. I personally have friends who've experienced your work and they just have nothing but amazing glowing things to say. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, but I, I wanted to see if we can start by just hearing a little bit more about your work so um, our listeners can get a sense for what that magic is. Yeah. So to put it very simply is I give space for a person to talk about themselves and their life story. And during that time, I draw out a set of symbols that are universal and arch- archetypal Um while they're talking and develop a symbol that kind of represents that journey. And if the person is completely in love with the story, I actually go about tattooing it on them. And the tattooing portion is also very intentional and uh, leans towards being a little medicinal as well. Yeah, and uh, we will link Ash's link to this podcast so you can get a feel and just a visual for what her pieces look like. How would you describe your artwork if you had like a couple words? Yeah, so I think that um, it's really interesting because it doesn't derive from any particular culture. I've heard a little bit Nordic, um, but I think the most interesting part is that no matter which part of the world you're on, because I've done these sessions online with a couple of people in a couple of different countries, that doesn't really matter what language you speak or religion um, you grew up in, that the symbols themselves are like they resonate in the same way. Mm-hmm. And my favorite example is that when you see a rounded line facing upwards, it has a very soft feminine held nurturing feeling opposed to a triangle facing upward so that has a little more structured masculine upward movement feeling Mm. to it you can see that yeah so cool so cool and I think what's really special and that I mean one of the many things that sets you apart from more um different tattoos that I think many people kind of think of is your space and how it's really one-on-one it's not in like a big tattoo salon with other people where you can kind of pick up on others energy um and just a lot of external stimuli but we actually met through nurture and you have this beautiful suite where i've seen you can tattoo people like lying down on the ground just with their legs up the wall i think that's so neat and really helps with the nervous system yeah so that is I think really important uh, when it comes to actually getting tattooed really activating that parasympathetic nervous system so getting out of fight or flight I know that I've been in a couple tattoo shops where I felt incredibly uncomfortable and it was cold and it was like the heavy metal music was playing Mm -hmm. and my body was just in like fight or flight and I also kind of felt like the people didn't want me to want me to be there Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a very sensitive person obviously so when your body is in fight or flight and it's getting tattooed, it's already kind of irritated and doesn't want to be there. However, if you're with a person that you feel really safe with, there's like plants and light and like either music that you chose or like calm music, you're 
nervous system is like, okay, I can tolerate and handle this pain. It's like, I've had so many clients that are like, that was the most relaxing tattoo that I've ever gotten. I think that's so special. I have one tattoo. I recently shared how I actually have two tattoos, but one's a cover up. Mm. And I'm somebody who has, um, like vasovagal syncope, I've done EMDR for it. Mm-hmm. But whenever I get shots or needlework done, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I faint, and so uh, I just had such imposter syndrome when I got my tattoo done. It was many years ago now, where it was one of the spaces like heavy metal playing, like you shared about, um, and I can just only imagine how much more of a beautiful grounding meaningful intentional experience it would be with you holding the space so <laughs> yeah. oh it's amazing thank you of course and um i would love to hear a little bit mo- more about kind of the journey in your life that has gotten you to this work because i think not many people find yeah. themselves as intuitive <laughs> tattoo artists so if you wouldn't mind sharing um, hear. of course so i've always been like that artsy kid for sure I've always also been incredibly sensitive um and creative and um also had a pretty chaotic childhood uh that added to that hyper vigilance of really picking up on other people's emotions and how they feel and kind of where they're at um so I guess that's a positive thing some trauma has given me being able to uh use that within my work but um Also experiencing so many different types of things. I think that there's a lot of people that I can talk to where it's, I can actually hold space for that because I understand it. Mm -hmm. And I always use this example of just like, uh, if there's an alcoholic and a person that's just like, you should stop drinking, the alcoholic would go, well, you can go screw yourself. Yeah, right. But if it's an alcoholic talking to another alcoholic of being like, hey, I get you. I see you. It's really hard life can get better the person who is drinking is like oh i can actually be seen and held so there's a positive that has came to like all of the chaos um and as for the tattooing portion i've kind of stayed out of tattoo shops because of that sensitivity Mm -hmm. and tried to get an apprenticeship but the vibes were all off and it's just like i also have a history of addiction so i like knew that i couldn't be in those spaces Mm -hmm. And so um, the tattooing, I was working at a yoga studio. I had this very beautiful mentor that saw my artwork and she asked me why I wasn't tattooing yet. And I told her the reasons why I just told you. And um, so she bought me the equipment in trust of that's what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and like giving her tattoos later on. And the intuitive process actually came within the first, I think, 10 tattoos that I ever did. That's incredible. So it was kind of everything, like, fell into place very easily. I feel very fortunate for that. But it has been about 10 years of journey work to actually be able to, like, hold this space and be doing what I'm doing. I think that's so cool that you had a mentor like that put on your path, kind of nudge you in the direction. Yeah, (laughs) and she's a beautiful, badass woman, so it definitely, like, lit a fire of, like, oh, she believes in me. I have to do this. I have to figure this out. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you want to give her a shout-out? Katie Rowe. Katie Rowe. I love Katie Rowe. (laughs) Do you know Katie Rowe? Yeah, she was one of my teachers on my 300 Hour at the River. Yes. Yeah, she's an angel. Um, but definitely a huge part of my journey. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. (laughs) 
Amazing. And so I think uh, a lot of our listeners will resonate with that of like just having a more tumultuous childhood and upbringing to kind of land in this place of being hypersensitive, attuned to people's energies, um, a little bit of that just leaning on in- intuition for a lot of what we do. And so I think what we're really looking to dig into today is the importance of sharing your story. And of yes. course, this is something that you hold space for really often. Yeah. But can you share in a nutshell, like, why is this so important for us to be empowered to do? I think that one, there's not that many spaces in this world to actually sit and tell your entire story. I think that we go to therapy and can talk about our problems. I think that we can go on dates and share things with friends. But I don't know of many spaces of where you can sit and vulnerably and authentically show um, yourself and everything that you've been through in a space where it can be held mm-hmm. and listened to. Um, and that's the thing about vulnerability that's fascinating is that I think that when um, you show who you truly are and then there's a person receiving it on the other side that isn't like shocked or appalled or is this like making this like oh my god well why did you do that or having all these solutions for you when it can truly just be held and like you realize that like oh who I am is okay mm-hmm. the things that I have been through have shaped me into the person who I am not to mention there's so many times when a person tells their story and there's a red thread I'm like oh it seems like you do that that often or Mm -hmm. oh your mom also did that and they're like oh I've never noticed that yeah so there's these things that come up that you've never really recognized when it comes to um just trends Mm -hmm. and things that have happened not to mention when someone can sit and hear your story and then they look at you and then they just say that that makes a lot of sense or that must be really hard yeah you just the how like seen you are right and being seen and heard I think is just a really important thing to the psyche I think it's such a key to our human experience that so many of us often don't receive until we are in spaces that feel just safe right Mm -hmm. Um, and we are in a society that we just get caught comparing ourselves so often social media is so hard for so many of us and we just assume that everybody has it easier than we do right we really do (laughs) and the wild thing about the position that i'm in is that you really cannot look at a person and know what they've been through right there's some times where i was just like i had no idea that was coming yeah and how they present themselves um on a day-to-day basis and then their story i'm just like and that's another thing that i'm always surprised about is the resilience of people Mm. where it's just like the i mean some terrible things happen some really really bad things and i'm like how i won't say i won't often say say that say this but it's just like how are you still sitting here yeah how are you still here you are amazing right and i think that also unlocks things within us right of like well if they can do this and they have been through so much like that thing was so hard and here they are still showing up like that to me is it means so much it's just like it gives me uh just a little bit more self-assurance that like whatever I have going on is going to be okay too knowing that somebody else has gone through maybe something similar and is okay yeah and that's um almost every time I come out of the sessions there's something that I've learned either about myself something that I've connected to 
or just being um, in the space of just like, this is how they reacted and how helpful it was. It's really amazing when you do share like that connection that happens, even with podcasts of just like when you hear someone sharing authentically and they're just like, oh, I'm struggling too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but they seem like they're doing so well on social media. It's yeah. like, oh, when you share authentically, there's so much more connection. Right, exactly. And I think sometimes we have to seek these spaces out, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are such a safe space for this. This is your work. This yeah. is your mission. And I feel like a big part of your purpose, like why you're here. Um, You do it so beautifully. And I think it can be hard for people who don't find themselves in a lined community, but want it so bad Mm -hmm. um, to, to resonate or not to resonate, but to feel safe to open up. Right. And so I'm wondering if you have any tips or recommendations for someone who might be in that boat, who feels like they're maybe ready to share their story and be vulnerable, but they don't know like a safe place that exists right now to them. Yeah, I would say first things first is trusting yourself. Um, Because I mentioned even coming on this podcast, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about? Like, how am I going to say this? And um, then this like, hey, this trust came in of just like, you'll know what to talk about. You're going to be OK. So this idea that one, you don't have to have everything perfect. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not how um, sharing your story works. But also the fact that like it's it's going to feel so much lighter once you do start telling your story. Mm-hmm. It gets easier. Um, it does get easier after yeah. it takes some time and you really do have to find the right places. You can't like go to a bar and be like, this is my story. Here's my <laughs> and people are like, why are you sharing this here? So also obviously finding the right places and using using your, your gut to like recognize the spaces that it should be told in because some places just can't receive it properly. Yeah, I love that. And what are some things that you think... Um, people should look out for to know that they feel safe, to know that this is a space that they can share? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, for me, it's like my body knows the answers. I was going right? to say that's the probably the, the first thing to go to is really checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a feeling in your gut that you shouldn't be there, that that feeling is usually pretty valid yeah like um, you can feel it like even relating to the chakras yeah right? that solar plexus your throat my belly, yeah get a little butterfly yeah and i think some of that might be normal right the butterflies especially the first few times but if it's like a sinking right. yeah it's different, right? there's definitely um because there's fears and then it's scary to do things like tell your story and then there's I mine almost comes from like my solar plexus area mm-hmm. of just like there's something wrong. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I think you are sure. I think because <laughs> I resonate with that too. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, anxiety can feel like many different things. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference in anxiety when th- something's a little stretchy and new than when it's just like not safe and wrong. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm um, a part of a women's circle that I think I've maybe mentioned on the podcast here once or twice. But um, I've been, we've had it for almost almost two years now which is crazy in august it'll be two years and it is 
insanely helpful for me because it's one of those spaces that I can feel like I just show up and don't have to think about anything going into it, but have that kind of in my mind that every month I'll meet with the same women and we will talk about sure. what's going on <laughs> in our that. lives. And it's funny, whenever a new person joins, there's tears. And I think that's because it's the first time that they're in a safe space and maybe yeah. in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so much held down that maybe that first time it's just like a volcano coming up yeah. with your words that you don't even realize how much truth and emotion that you've been not even paying attention to that's yeah. been weighing heavy. So. That's, and that's that's another thing is that just this world doesn't provide too many spaces. I'm just thinking about all of the basic life things of going to school and going to college and going to work. It's like, well, where's that? Where are the safe places? Mm-hmm. And I think that there used to be a lot of um, like community and like structures like that that we don't really have anymore. Right. So that's beautiful when someone can find a space like that. Yeah. And you're just like, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can show up fully exactly who I am. <laughs> and then there's a people all in the room and they're just like, you're welcome to be here exactly who you are and no how you are at all. And it's just, it feels amazing. There's nothing in the world like that feeling. Yeah. Right? I can feel it right now just yes, thinking about it. <laughs> too. Even like last night, that last night we had women's circle and uh one of my friends who she she just moved here like six months ago and I invited her. It was her first circle. Like I mentioned, there were tears. She wasn't expecting tears she shared after, but um she's recently married and they still haven't talked about finances and what they want that to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I think like five of us in the group are married and uh, the rest are just in different points, whether relationship, single, all that. And she's like, I didn't even know how much I needed to hear from other people in relationships, how to treat finances. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I know at the end of the day, it will come from me and us, but it's just so helpful hearing authentically about these topics that aren't okay to talk about in normal everyday life with people yeah that just makes me think about like the olden times where everyone would used to sit around a fire and share about their stories as well as like what they're going through yes there's just such like a deep internal need for something like that this like humans are storytellers and it's just like even the difficult parts of things that you're not necessarily supposed to share um where there's just like spaces where that's completely welcome Mm -hmm. i yes so agree we need to bring back that (laughs) more more frequently more regularly i think and i think we're seeing it now i think so too especially in spaces like denver yeah Yeah. we're lucky yeah yeah so one thing kind of came to mind and I think it's a fear that I've heard some people share, whether it's I'm talking to them about Women's Circle or um, in yoga or, you know, even at work sometimes of this fear of oversharing, right? Oversharing um, fears or vulnerabilities, um, even in safe spaces. That's the difference. There's there's an oversharing at the grocery store line, right? Right. But even in safe spaces, that's really interesting because it's almost like they're being too much yeah and I don't think I don't know man when I'm in when I'm 
receiving and I'm holding spaces, I'm like, if there's something there, like lay it on the table because this is like, don't hide anything. Yeah. Because if that's who you truly are. And I think that especially as women, like we're told that we overreact Mm -hmm. because we have these big feelings and we have these big emotions and it's supposed to be A to B um, more in like the masculine sense and like this is uh, th- no this is how things make sense and it's just like no you're, you're allowed to feel a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and you and I, again you have to find the right space mm-hmm. for that to be held and you have to make sure that it is a space where it can be held yes <laughs> um but if it's a safe space i would recommend just just putting it out there Going all in. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it, too. I'm not a sharer. (laughs) Oddly enough, like, I receive stories very well. And something that I'm working in therapy right now is that when I'm actually sharing my emotions, there's something that, like, blocks up. Yeah. That it's just, like, no, like, I'm not the one that shares. Mm. So it's just, like, there's certain levels to all of it yeah that that reciprocity can be tricky to find the balance between yeah I like to tell people that too of like I'm a great listener at least I like to think so right Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's it kind of depends on the mood I'm in too sometimes I'll be with a friend and they'll be like how about you I feel like you haven't shared much what's going on it's like you know Thank you for noticing that, but sometimes I just feel like listening and being there for you. <laughs> like yeah. I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah. As long and that as long as that communication is there, and right. it's not like you're being completely drained, yeah. and you're like, "Don't worry, I'm here." I love when people are just like recognizing that, like I'm speaking a lot, and also with the thing about showing up a little too much mm-hmm. is also I really love asking, like, "Do you have space to hold this for me right now?" Yes. So, so you can get it right off the bat of like, is this a space where I can share? Mm-hmm. And the person has the absolute ability to be like, I've got a lot of things on my mind. This is not something I can handle right now. Mm-hmm. Or they can be like, fuck yeah, lay it on me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so asking like, hey, do you have, sh- I'm feeling a lot. Do you have space for this? Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Something that Kyle, my husband and I have gotten in the habit of doing more and more regularly with each other of like, do you have space right now to listen to something and mm-hmm. oftentimes it's something that has to do with the other person so that can be extra hard <laughs> they're like yeah i guess oh, i have space <laughs> right. okay it's either like yes or like i'm sorry i don't right now yeah and something that we started uh using more and more in our vocabulary is like are you feeling regulated right now? Are you uh, feeling dysregulated right now? What a right great now? couple. That sounds amazing. <laughs> this is years and years of therapy on yes. both ends and together. So that sounds like years and years of therapy. <laughs> What's your feelings wheel right now? <laughs> Can you point to it? You go over to the fridge. <laughs> we should print it out and put it on the fridge, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, in everyday conversations, maybe less, but... If you're with um, people that you know and trust, maybe you establish that kind of vocabulary and common language too, just to kind of help take the burden off and level the field. So easy too. Yeah. Do you have space for this? Yes. And do you um, do you want feedback? You do you just want me to listen? Yeah. I find it so helpful. So helpful. 
There's friends who we know them. They have the best of intentions, but it's always like, oh, well, wait, have you tried this? Or like the helpers, the fixers. Yeah. Some type of vitamin or yeah. something like that. And I'm <laughs> and just like, like, I've been that person. So. Yeah. So I know it's something it's I'm easy to work on. Yeah. yeah. The helper has type twos on the Enneagram, man. <laughs> it's tough, but it's so worth it um, just to ask that extra little question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So in all of the stories that you've listened to, all the spaces that you've held, I'm curious if you've noticed some common threads that you could share with us through that. Yeah, Um, this is something that I've recognized uh, when I first started out was the particularly like the mother figure within childhood, which can also mean the grandma or that type of support. Oftentimes becomes what a person's inner monologue sounds like Mm -hmm. so say a person has a very soft nurturing um just supportive kind of like an understanding mother i when i talk to them they're like yeah that was really hard but i'm okay opposed to if they had a very critical um kind of emotionally absent maybe physically there um mom then their inner monologue is, it sounds the same. Mm-hmm. And so it's really fascinating, like, seeing, hearing so many different, and I'm sure there's, like, books or something like this on um, that subject, but it's just, like, it's fascinating to see the way a person describes their mom and then the way that they act towards themselves. Yeah, I can so see that. I think, um, are you familiar with IFS therapy, internal family systems? That's okay. So it's this idea that within us, there's a whole network of different parts. So I think we all kind of as a society um, know this intuitively. It's like, there's a part of me that feels this, right? So it's that whole principle, that whole concept. And it sounds to me like um, our, our mothers or any female figures kind of get ingrained as a part of us, right? And so we have, like, the younger parts of us, the higher parts of us, the protector parts, the defenses. and So you're talking about, like, archetypes. Yeah, pretty much. For the most part. Yes, exactly. But it's kind of, like, a different language. Yeah. 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 So it's it's wild to hear that. And I think it just makes so much sense Mm -hmm. how, as women, we learn how to be women from other women in our lives. Yeah. Right? And especially, I mean, you're you're learning your environment and what is okay and what's not okay. So if you look at mom and you're just like, this is how I'm supposed to act. And the mom is really destructive or angry. And you're like, all right, this is how we're supposed to end it. It gets in and your brain is so malleable mm-hmm. during those ages. Um, you're like, this is this is how we interact with the world in order to survive. Yes. So it becomes and then as you grow older, it turns into those neural pathways. And fortunately, there's no neuroplasticity where you can change that. But it's just it's fascinating how much just how much it just kind of sticks with us when it's at a really early age. Yeah, I feel like the one that's screaming out to me loudest right now is body image Mm -hmm. and food and diet and how. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to ask her, how's that? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, my mom still whenever taking photos (laughs) as a family it's like waste up she'll say and I'm like come on mom like, yeah. like, get my good angle and she's like just hearing little things like that growing up yeah. um it takes a toll on how we talk to ourselves it absolutely does yeah. and I think that the thing is that we don't even recognize that it's wrong right 
until you start recognizing and are learning from other people, you're just like, oh, you don't hate yourself in every picture? I didn't even know there was another one. Exactly. I didn't realize that, like, you can just look at a picture and enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't (laughs) know that was okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, I thought people like that were were full of themselves, you know? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I hear that so much. Yeah. Just, like, then... For me, it's just like confidence was like a cocky, bad thing. Yeah. And you should be picking yourself apart. Right. Right. Which just feels so gross, like saying out loud. I know. (laughs) Or like people who are really good at setting boundaries. It's true, those people. That's like, you shouldn't do that. She's a bitch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We see it in the workplace. We see it in how we care for others, putting others' needs ahead of our own. Man. But I have so much hope for our generation. (laughs) (laughs) This came up last night of just like how we are, we're doing a lot of work, right? We are doing a lot of work. We're in the age of Aquarius. (laughs) As a collective, we're rising up and meeting these challenges. I also think that it's just like, there's so much uh, information available. Yes. Um, just like podcasts like this because I can even feel it right now just like connecting with another person and just being like my mom was like that too I'm like oh connection (laughs) oh my gosh connection and connection is where there's growth yeah that's that's where growth happens Mm -hmm. you don't do things on your own and like and that's why I think that your story is really important to share Mm -hmm. is that uh, you can write in your journal about your story which does its own thing or else you can like actually connect with somebody and that's where so much of the growth happens. Exactly. It's like when we're connecting with somebody, I'm very clairvoyant, so I have these like pictures going in my mind right now. It's like when you even like reached out, touched my knee, like we're connecting. <laughs> I just got this visual of like two like ropes coming together. Because you felt it too, right? Yes. When we talked about our moms, uh-huh. we were just like, oh, Absolutely. that's where the connection is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like these two ropes that tie a knot, and you're just stronger because yeah. of who you're connecting with. Right. And those connections just go deeper and deeper and deeper into our psyches, and we're just more powerful together. Yeah. And not to mention, it's just like just having that little conversation with like another human. I'm sure after I leave here, if there's some type of picture, that I see of myself be like, oh, yeah, other people do that, too. Yes. Or it's just like, that's funny. Maybe I shouldn't tear myself apart after I yeah. see every photo of mine. So that's like connection and just like getting that strength from another person. And then it falls into our daily lives. Exactly. We realize that like our way of doing things isn't the only way and how other ways might be even greater like if we can open our eyes and um just stay open in our hearts it's like oh well ash doesn't look at this photo and think badly of herself so i don't have to either right exactly yeah oh this This is is lovely i love it And that's, I mean, like I said, I had some nerves before, like, before this, and now I'm just in this, like, I don't know, this, even how to explain it, just very light feeling of enjoying talking to somebody. Me too. My heart is definitely feeling (laughs) all the love, feeling up. (laughs) This is really nice. I wish you guys be here. (laughs) I know, I know. I wish y'all could see this. (laughs) Um, But 
I have a feeling that um, others listening to this are going to be feeling it in their hearts as well and wanting to connect with you on deeper levels and just learn more about your work. So how can our community connect with you? Um, Two of the easiest ways, I would say, is Instagram. uh, Super uh, easy handle, ritual.healing. And then my website is ritual-healing.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so, so nice to be here. Yes, it's been wonderful to have you. And if any of you all have questions for Ash, you can pop it down on our Instagram or follow her directly. And we hope to see y'all next time. Thank you. Bye.